Tom Gerhardt and Dan Provost are the guys behind Studio Neat. On this show, we discuss entrepreneurship, product design, and all of the ups and downs that come with running a small business. I'm Mike Hurley, and this is Thoroughly Considered. I don't know if you guys have bought a Apple Watch uh, charging cable from Apple, like an extra one, but the way it comes packaged is like pretty cool. Is it all spiraled up or something? Yeah, but it it spiraled up all neat. It's like uh, it's just in a box, like mm-hmm. in a normal white box, and yep. it's got like white, like a white disc kind of that's all made out of paper. Yeah. Uh, but it's like the way it's coiled is really cool. And then there's like these little tabs you rip off to like yep. kind of like open it. This is how they're doing all cables now. So I, um, when I got my iMac, they yeah. threw in some lightning cables in the box, right? Because it charges everything now, like the keyboard yeah. and the, the trackpad. And they were like that. So it's like a weird kind of cardboard ring that goes around and glues the thing together in a spiral or a coil. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've had that. And also with the Mac Pro, that that's how they give you the the cable. They like the power yeah. cable. They wrap it mm-hmm. up. It's a much bigger one. It's a much heavier duty one. I've actually still mm-hmm. got it here because I'm hopefully trying to sell this thing. So yeah, but they're they're doing a lot more of that now. It's quite nice. Like, why do you like it though? Like why why is that so impressive to you? Like I looked at it and was like, okay, cool. <laughs> uh. Well, I mean, I don't know if this is... I've seen maybe what you're talking about. This might be a little bit more involved because the, like, the watch puck is, like, kind of stuck with this kind of removable adhesive thing in the middle. And then the USB end is, like, on the back, like, displayed well. And it's just, like, really... uh, It communicates to me thoughtfulness. So, you know, Apple could have just, like, put, like put it in a circle or put it in like a little smushed thing and put a, uh, like a twist tie around it and been like done. Right. But they went through a ton of work and thoughtfulness to make this packaging. And to me, it just communicates like, yeah, we, we care about the details. We care about this being nice and feeling nice and having a nice experience. And it just really communicates care. And, uh, and, and, you know, it's like from an engineering standpoint, like the fact that they can do this with, what looks like one piece of paper that's folded up is pretty amazing, uh, just like from an engineering point of view. Um, but, you know, it's it's just, uh, to me, it's mostly just about communicating, like, thoughtfulness in general. Do you think that's what packaging does? Yeah, I mean, uh, I think it can do a lot. It could do, like, it has, like, a bunch of roles. But uh, one of the things that I really appreciate is is when something is either, like, clever or or just... You can tell care was put into it, basically. Yeah, that's not maybe not the primary function of packaging, but it is one of the uh, key, I guess, opportunities that packaging can do is just communicate, like Tom said, care or or thoughtfulness or delight in some way. Why is that important, though? Like because somebody's already bought your product. Because you want them to feel good. Yeah, and we want, and we like, and we want them, like, we don't want to have like a customer and then be like, "See a sucker, we got your money." You know, we want to be like, "Hey, we hope you really like this, and we hope it's useful to you." And you know, if 
And, you know, if we have something else uh, that you might like, we want to show it to you. You know, we want to, you know, we want to build uh, long lasting customers. Uh, so I think, you know, whenever I'm thinking about like packaging and when we're kind of like, and right, right, actually, we're currently doing this right now and we're making trade offs about what would be simple or what would be inexpensive. Um, I always think about, I'm sure Dan does too, um, think about just, you know, how I think the packaging can be a real big win for us. Uh, it's like, it can be really unexpected. And so I think uh, whenever we're like, oh man, we could do this, but it's kind of expensive and it's kind of a pain. It, it, I always go back to kind of imagining the customer's like first impression of the product or us um, and in making it like a nice one. So I think that kind of, at least for us, is a lot of the motivation behind, you know, our decision making and, and packaging and stuff. I really like the neat ice kit packaging. I think that's my favorite because it was it was all nice. It had nice illustrations on it and stuff. That's what I really liked about it. Okay. Right. So the the outside box, you ha- I know I I don't remember exactly, but I remember that there was like didn't it say like it had like a really big like lettering on it. So like neat ice kit across the side. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in like a yeah. in kind of a, a font called Landmark by uh I guess it's just Hofler type foundry now, but uh yeah, it, it, it uh the 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 way the neat ice kit packaging works is um and we'll talk I'm sure talk about this a little bit more in detail, uh some of the reasons, but basically it's a car it's a corrugated cardboard box um that folds up and on the top it says neat ice kit and it's like kind of in a designed printing and then and it's printed right on the box, like no sticker. And then there's like a colorful, colorful sticker that's pretty large that then kind of closes up the box and goes around two sides. And that has a barcode on it. And um, then when you open it up, uh, depending on if you get a single or double kit, uh, there's like a foam piece in there to kind of hold things in place. And everything's kind of very efficiently all packed together. And uh, then there's like this really long card, which yeah. had be- beautifully illustrated instructions on it as well yeah. why go that far like couldn't you just put a little card in the box that says go to this url and you'll watch a video <laughs> so we're actually uh talking about that now um so that's certainly an option and for a product we're working on that may be the route we go down because it uh requires some assembly actually and uh it 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 might be hard to communicate succinctly on just a little insert that we include. So we might just kind of punt and say, Hey, really just go to this video and it's going to be much easier to understand how to put this thing together. Um, so that is an option. Uh, but you know, that has trade-offs and there is something nice about just having, you know, clear instructions right there in your hand where you don't have to you know, go somewhere else and and watch a video or whatever. So like, basically I think the key takeaway from all of this discussion of packaging is that it's all about compromise and trade-offs. You know, there's no kind of perfect solution. So you're just basically trying to find that balance of what works best for, you know, what you're trying to do. But I think in general for every single one of our products, uh, you know, we don't go as far as say like an Apple where everything is, really really nice really really thoughtful uh probably took a ton of time to to design an engineer we don't go like all the way i think where we try to land is we want something to be simple efficient but have some aspect of it that is delightful so 
with the neat ice kit, I would say, like, yeah, the printing on the outside of the box and, like, that nice big card printed on really nice paper with illustrations was the thing that's like, oh, this is nice, right? And with this product uh, that we're talking about possibly having, like, a video for the instructions instead of a printed, like, booklet, we're still going to have an aspect of delight in that packaging, right? So it's still going to be feel nice, but it may just it may not be the like printed card that does that job, right? So I think for us, we always kind of want to, um, yeah, just have some level of like interesting or delightful uh, kind of aspect to the packaging uh, to just let people know that hey, we've like thought about this, right? It's not just like thrown in a bag or a box, and that's really been the case since the very beginning. Um, I think Dan and I were both really proud of ourselves. Uh, with, uh, with the original glyph packaging um, because what it was was literally just a piece of craft or like kind of cardboard looking uh, it's like a piece of cardstock that looks like cardboard uh, it's called craft k-r-a-f-t um, but anyways it, just a flat card die cut with printing on it and the glyph actually um, kind of fit into it in such a way where it the card suspended the glyph so the glyph packaging was literally just a card um and then that is like put in a bubble mail or or whatever um to get mailed to someone and so it was like extremely efficient really cool uh had a nice interesting style for kind of electronic accessory um so i think we were both like really proud of ourselves for that packaging um and so i think that's always kind of inspired us to um you know like continue down that path basically who do you like why did you think you started feeling this way because this isn't necessarily what you have to do it isn't what everybody does like i mean probably i mean i'm just going to take a punt and say it's apple right because apple informed this sort of stuff for so many companies but they were really kind of one of the first companies that it became a big thing to do an unboxing for. Um, is that the kind of place that you take inspiration from? Um, y- yes and no. Uh, I think one thing we realized early on, uh, even you know as early as that first glyph design that Tom was talking about, is we're in a unique position and that we are basically almost entirely online only in that all of our customers are receiving our products through the mail. Right. So that creates different parameters to consider the packaging for the products. Whereas it doesn't need to sit on a shelf or, or hang, you know, in a display or anything like that. So that kind of gives us, uh, you know, different constraints, but also freedom to do, uh, things where it doesn't need to be like flashing kind of sell itself, as it's sitting on a shelf in a, in a mall or whatever. Um, and so that already kind of divorces us from, uh, you know, kind of the Apple style or, or really most kind of electronic gadgets that are in these kind of like fancy boxes. Um, so, so that's why we were able to do something so simple with the original glyph is like that would never fly in a, in a store for one, you can't really like position it or stack it in any logical way. Um, so, so yeah, so we, we, and we kind of go in different directions with that sort of thing. So for example, the neat ice kit packaging that you referenced, uh, kind of took that approach to heart where it was, why don't we just make the external packaging 
the box that it ships in. So rather than kind of this, this Amazon experience of always getting a box within a box, just the outer box is the shipping container. And so that's an approach that I find really interesting. And, and we're considering for these new, uh, products that we're working on. Um, so yeah, I, I would say even though Apple is kind of like the obvious reference of, Oh, they do a really good job of packaging. Uh, we're not really that influenced by them. I would say. I gotta say the Amazon stuff is a, just a joke, right? Like yeah. sometimes <laughs> I get these boxes that are like a foot long by like, you know, half a foot wide and they've got, I don't know, like a battery in them. Yeah. You know, like yeah. it really is ludicrous. Some of the stuff that they ship and I just don't understand how it can, how they, why they do it. Like, well, I know why they do it. Uh, uh, they do it because they ca can't have 10,000 kinds of boxes, right? They can only have, they probably have several hundred sizes of boxes, I would guess. And at the end of the day, it actually doesn't really matter so much if things are super efficiently packed because the, the, uh, the ex like when you see a UPS truck come to your house, they're not full, right? They're not all the way full. And so it doesn't matter if uh, the packaging is like super efficient space wise uh, for someone like Amazon, because all of the cost is already incurred for like a UPS truck or whatever to come deliver the package. And so uh, I think that's why they do it is instead of having a million box sizes on hand that they have to pick and take a lot of time, they just, you know, kind of reduce those options. And, and it doesn't super matter on the flip side for the shipping. It's really more about weight for shipping typically. Uh, and not about volume, unless you're doing like sea freight or something. Speaking of Amazon, I was influenced uh, really early on. I think before we even started with you know Studio Need and the Glyph and stuff, is I remember distinctly I ordered. I even remember what it was. It was one of those little Joby uh, flexible tripods. And as I was ordering it from Amazon. I had actually an option of packaging where you could do what they called frustration free packaging. Mm -hmm. And at the time I had no idea what that was. So I selected it more out of curiosity and it was really nice. It arrived and it was in kind of a, a craft cardboard box, very similar to kind of our, our glyph packaging and, and a lot of the packaging we do today. Uh, you know, and you just flip the top open and pull the tripod on. It was no, you know, plastic blister pack or anything like that. And it just kind of got me thinking, oh yeah, this is, <laughs> this is actually nice to have this thing. And the reason they could do that is they kind of have two packaging one to, you know, ship through the mail, I guess. And the other to have hanging on a, on a, you know, on a store display. And so we can just much more heavily, uh, favor the kind of through the mail type ship, uh, packaging. Over time, as you guys have been doing more of this stuff, like does the shipping and all that that sort of stuff in, inform the way that you create your packaging? Absolutely, yeah, absolutely, um, definitely, one hundred percent. So we, uh, you know, it's it's still tricky, um, but because we work with third party fulfillment companies, we often don't have a lot of control over how the products are sent to people in terms of their external packaging. So that's one real big advantage of doing something like the Need Ice Kit, where the box that we design is the box that it comes in, like to the customer. 
Um, and so we, you know, right now we have like, we're considering, I think like three or four different packaging products of uh, our products. And, uh, and so when we're looking at uh, like how we're going to design the packaging and all of those, it's all wrapped up in, okay, well, what dimensions can it be to get this certain shipping rate? You know, if, if it's under or over a certain dimension, you know, that rate can change, uh, with the, uh, us postal service. Um, but also just, you know, how is the fulfillment company going to treat that? So if we have something really tiny, like that remote stand, we're thinking about changing the packaging and we could put it in a really tiny little envelope. Um, but that also means that it can't go through the mail because it's too small. So that, that means the fulfillment company is going to have to put it in a bubble mailer or a flat mailer or something to send it out. Hmm. And so um, whenever we're thinking about the packaging, we really have to think about kind of the whole story how it's shipped. And then, of course, you know, there's stuff about just protecting an item as it gets shipped. And uh, in particular, how easy the packaging is to assemble, because uh, that can be a really big step. Uh, we had at one point, we had packaging for the glyph, which I think was really cool. The, uh, so the, the first glyph plus came with some extra parts. So we couldn't use a card anymore, really, very easily. And so we had a little box. And the box... Um, was kind of like a weird trapezoid shape. And when you opened the box, you could reconfigure it to where it was a little bipod, a little tripod for the glyph. Yeah, I had that. That was awesome. It was, it was really cool design. The problem, though, is that uh, in reality, it didn't super work that well because the folding, it was kind of difficult to fold and it was really difficult to fold it really well. And so it added a couple dollars to the product just for the labor to fold each box into this tripod thing. So although it was really cool and nice uh, and like in concept, in reality, like in the execution of it, you know, it was pretty expensive to do. It was a pain for people to assemble and they just didn't end up looking super crisp and nice because... You know, it's just really hard to fold that stuff by hand, like, really, really well. So, you know, it's stuff like that where we've learned, you know, to even though we could do some really cool, crazy stuff, you know, there's a big trade-off with the labor it takes to assemble the packaging. And then in particular, can that assembly be done by a somewhat unskilled or at least uh, ambivalent person who... (laughs) might, you know, be doing like 5,000 a day and, you know, they just got to do it fast. They're not, you know, taking a lot of care with each one. So it's this real balance between uh, something that can be that can be a nice experience for the, you know, end customer, but that's easy to kind of assemble and execute. So I, I was in the Apple store today and I, there's actually a couple Apple products sitting next to me that I just purchased. Uh, and for one you, thing, Mr. Fancy, I know, I know. Well, we're testing some new products, so we had to kind of buy some stuff. But anyway, uh, so one thing that Apple has done, which is kind of uh, backpedaled a little bit in terms of having super fancy outward facing packaging, is uh, you know, all almost all the packaging now coming from Apple, especially of the accessories, are almost all just white boxes uh, with maybe a little illustration on the front. And obviously, the the reason they could do that is. Even if you're in store, you're browsing the products like on those tables, right? You're not looking at the packaging being like, oh, this is a product I want. So I think that's kind of an interesting um, uh, situation and maybe kind of where the future is heading for retail where, you know, most things are purchased online and so people are familiar with them or they're in store on really nice display cases or display, um, 
you know, tables, but then the actual packaging can be really restrained and like minimal um, and simple illustrations. And then isn't Apple like requiring now that third parties who have their products in the Apple stores actually change their packaging to kind of look Apple-y and white? Isn't that, Dan, didn't you like read something about that or see Yeah, that? I don't know exactly what the terms are, but it's more or less like, as part of the agreement to be like selling your stuff in the Apple store, you work together with them to design like Apple store specific packaging, I think. Um, and it's really kind of an interesting choice. Would you do something like that? I think it depends. Um, I, I think we've discussed before, but selling in the Apple store is kind of a tricky game anyways, because they take so much of the margin off the top. Um, but I would, you know, I would be open. I'm not like so proud as to like, <laughs> no, you know, it's our way or the highway in terms of what the packaging looks like. Uh, but I would be somewhat dubious that we would be able to come to an arrangement just in general that would actually be profitable for us to sell in the Apple store. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong about that. Well, who comes up with the packaging design ideas and stuff like that out of the two of you? Hmm. I I think it's typically Dan. I think it's typically been Dan, right? I mean, usually that's it's kind of like a sign to you, and then you come up with some initial ideas, and either you know I play around with it or we go back and forth. But in general, I think that's the case, right, Dan? I don't remember yeah. in every situation, but I think in general that's the case. Yeah, I'd say that's pretty true, and it, it just kind of works out in that but you know when we're kind of beyond the initial design phase and you're kind of in the weeds working out the details to actually like get the final form and stuff it's that's kind of the right time for to be working on the packaging when you know it's it's more or less figured out what the thing is going to be and so I, I can be kind of like working on that simultaneously while you're doing the other stuff yeah, it's like, so right now we're in that phase exactly. And, you know, we, we kind of have a couple products up in the air. And all I'm doing nowadays is like changing a dimension by like a millimeter or something. And, you know, kind of looking at it and deciding, oh, this, you know, it should kind of feel like this. We're kind of just making all these little tweaks. And usually I'm doing that because it involves CAD and prototyping, which is a kind of usually in my court. And then, you know, I will show it to Dan for him to review every now and again, and we'll kind of talk about it. And so, yeah, while I'm doing that kind of really fussy work, we kind of start the creative process again of like the packaging and then, you know, Dan's and, you know, does that. And then it probably gets pushed back to me to kind of, you know, finalize it and tweak it. So it's a nice kind of volley that happens back and forth. I think, I think it usually works out uh, in general um, pretty nicely. I, I, I'm trying to remember, Dan, what do you think is the earliest that we've had packaging, like a packaging idea or like decided in, in a product's development. Can you think about like when it would be really early? It, it feels like they all kind of come the same time when like we're kind of rounding the corner on the kind of design physical part of the product. And that's mm -hmm. when the packaging comes in. It's kind of surprising that we don't usually kind of start a little bit earlier or at least have a better idea earlier. Yeah. Well, I feel like I always kind of just vaguely consider it at, you know, at basically at the very beginning. Um, but it doesn't, you know, start to become concrete until the product does. 
How do you come to to thinking about the art direction for something like that? Yeah, that's tricky. Um, I think we have a pretty consistent style uh, mm. where the materials are matte, uh, have a feeling of kind of natural, contrasted with some pretty bright color. The feeling that I get is like, hey, small business, like we're cool and we are just the two of us. Like that's that's the kind of feeling that I get from your packaging. I don't know if that's intended, but it feels very like we're making it happen, you know? Yeah, well, I would say it's it's definitely kind of the antithesis of uh, like a blister pack you know, super colorful yeah, as exactly. seen on TV type of vibe. Um, and so, yeah, I would, I, that I would say was intentional. I mean, it's kind of, you know, we came up with the design for the original glyph, which as Tom said, was like this, this kind of recycled, you know, uh, grocery bag looking card with black ink on it. Very, uh, kind of like simple and minimal and, you know, green or whatever. Um, and, and we've kind of stuck with that, uh, since then we haven't really deviated too much. Um, so that's kind of interesting that we kind of just established that early on and decided that was going to be kind of the aesthetic for, for our packaging. Well, it's become part of the overall brand, right? A little bit. I think it, for us, I mean, I think we both just like it. And in general, it. I think those kind of natural, quote, or matte feeling ma- materials and papers and stuff just feel like honest for some reason and like um, straightforward and simple. And I think that's why we like them. Um, and I think, so when, you know, when we're looking at packaging and the place where I we do that the most is Pinterest. Pinterest is like really awesome for getting inspired about packaging and, you know, something like a craft paper material with like a gold foil stamp or something is just really cool, right? It just, I don't know, there's something just really uh, nice about it and unexpected. And so I think we're all, I think we're always, we'll just kind of tend towards that. However, if we made, if we made a product that cost $1,000 and it was like a kind of a luxury feeling product, I think we would we would change the way we do the packaging to be kind of nicer and support that. Kind I of can imagine feeling. it being like the thousand dollar version of that. Right. So like yeah. real simple, but made of Oak. Yeah. 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 Like a piece of wood. Yeah. Yeah. And, and instead of it being a, a gold foil stamp, it's like a gold plate. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah so, I mean, I think th- there's something where in general, all of our products have been in a similar price range and a kind of similar feel and so the packaging it makes sense for it to be kind of of those materials but yeah if we were selling like a you know a thousand dollar lamp or something it probably would be not be packaged the same way right we would probably put quite a bit more money into the packaging just because it seems like those things should go together um so you know i think i think it's a lot of our consistency in the packaging is just because a lot of the products are similar i think one somewhat of an outlier for us is the cosmonaut and the way the cosmonaut is packaged is it's a it's a two-part telescoping tube that you kind of pull apart um really simple but we have this really cool um kind of space scene 
like stars and planets and like a rocket on the external printed of the tube. And it's actually, we actually put a lot of care into that packaging. It's pretty expensive because it's, everything is craft, but then we printed black on it. So all of the parts, it's like a full black flood, but then like the stars and planets are knocked out and they're craft. And then we had to get like super special tubes where the insides of the tubes are actually black uh, and all this stuff. And so in that case, we really went for it with the space theme. You know, why like, didn't you do it the other way around? Like, why why aren't the craft things black and the black things craft? Like, what made you want to do that? It was just cool. I think we just both thought it would be really cool to have this like black because the, the stylus is black. It looks like a rocket kind of. It's called a cosmonaut. To have this like black scene with the with you just don't see that right. It, it, almost all paper you ever see that's colored is actually white paper all covered with ink and the problem is on the edges of that paper you still see white so to me it's actually one of my pet peeves is you know you have this really nice printed packaging maybe it's like a a orange printed tube or something and then on the very edge you see white right because it's white paper i think it is so much more classy and nice and honest to have orange paper with then well, like yeah. black printing on it or something but it and costs more such, yeah it costs <laughs> a lot more and sometimes you can't do it well it may not cost more actually it may cost zero more it's just you have to think about that right and, and design it, towards it either it. costs more in money or it costs more in time right People exactly just or just coordination it. yeah yeah but for me those little details of of that are are what make the real difference and i think for the cosmonaut we really kind of hit it out of the park in terms of those sort of details if you look really closely someone who knows could tell that we spent a lot of time uh kind of fussing over that packaging um and i I really liked it i mean dan do you agree do you i think that's probably my favorite packaging it's cosmonaut what do you think yeah i mean that was the uh that's version two of the packaging that's true that's true with uh like a box uh that kind of slid open but uh kind of for the same reasons we abandoned the uh the glyph plus kind of bipod packaging is it was just too fussy to assemble whereas a tube just art when you order it it just comes as a tube and you just have to pop it in and 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 put it together um so that's uh you know we're not we're not afraid to kind of iterate and change the packaging if we want to make it better we lately, and part of this is informed by the fact that we've made some products that are just smaller quantity than our other products, is we try to find components of the packaging that can be purchased off the shelf. So uh, an example of that is uh, the box that the Simple Syrup Kit comes packaged in. We can just purchase from Uline, uh, which if you're not familiar, is a website on the internet where you can basically buy any kind of packaging or office supply related thing. Um, anyway, so we can buy these boxes uh, just off the shelf and we don't need to go through, you know, a, a custom job of making those. And then we just, you know, do maybe a custom sticker to, to kind of finish the design and we have a custom insert and, and, you know, a custom piece of foam, uh, so all the parts of the simple syrup kit can, you know, fit snugly in that box. But the starting point is a, you know, an off the shelf box. And then we can, we kind of, you, you know, 
contort our design around that instead of just having complete freedom to design whatever we want. Um, and that has some advantages than just like it's, well, it's cheaper for one is we're not having to do a custom, you know, die and, and these boxes. And then it's just, it's easy and quick to reorder. Is this making you feel different from an artistic perspective? It would be nice to have just like complete freedom to do whatever, but I find the constraints kind of nice in a way. Uh, is it it kind of helps us make decisions? Yeah, because uh, otherwise you could spend forever being like, "What is the most perfect type of custom box to create?" Well, exactly. So the Need Ice Kit is a perfect example of the opposite approach, where the Need Ice Kit has a custom box made for it with custom printing on it, and so. I mean, we spent quite a bit of time thinking about, you know, should this box be a 16th of an inch longer or shorter, right? And then <laughs> there's a whole kind of uh, nervousness about it where you don't get the final box until it's made, right? And you've paid for the die and all this stuff. And so when you're trying to prototype the packaging, often you don't even have the full production parts. So you're trying to design the packaging with these prototype parts in a prototype box, and then you hope when everything's ordered, it all will come together. So there's other really nice aspects of ordering off the shelf where you can just order a couple from Uline. You know it's not going to change, and it's there. It's set, and then you design everything else around it. So Because yeah, you can still do all of the custom design work and that stuff on those, right? Because you just buy them and then print on them. Yeah, uh, you can do that, or just um, using stickers instead of printing. So right. we we've really gotten the habit of trying to reduce the amount of uh, printing that is a little bit more difficult. Um, so it's really easy to go to a professional press and say, I want this piece of paper printed on with these colors and then folded in this way, cut to this dimension. That's like a very simple thing to do. Same with stickers online. You could order stickers of any size and they come to you really quickly, just in a couple days. There's not big lead times. And so being able to kind of work in that world where we can, we can, we can order, say, uh, a set of stickers that are just a color test for the color that we want to eventually use online. And then when we're done and when we've decided on the color, we just print, you know, a thousand and it'll be the same. And so playing in that world of quick lead times where we can change our mind and redesign really quickly is really nice. Um, because otherwise, yeah, we're in this situation where if you go to a professional printer to print, say, instructions for the neat ice kit, they have to burn plates that cost a couple hundred bucks to do your print run. And then there are super weird economies of scale with professional printing. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, when we print uh, the neat ice kit insert, it's a pretty big print and it's a, it's a nice paper. If we tried to print just a thousand of those, they would cost like a dollar twenty each, or maybe a dollar fifty each, or something like pretty expensive. Um, but if we wanted to print ten thousand of them, it would like cost the same amount. If like yes, maybe maybe like cheaper, <laughs> not not cheaper, but almost because basically all of the cost is the setup, right? So soon as they turn on that printing press machine our job will run in like 15 minutes. So if we're making 1,000 or versus 5,000, it doesn't really matter. So what happens is Dan and I get in these situations where, you know, say our initial run for a neat ice kit is going to be 2,000 pieces, right? We're going to make 2,000 neat ice kits initially. Uh, but it ends up making sense for us to make like 10,000 
inserts of the packaging. But then what, what happens, say, after we make those 2000 first run need ice kits, we change the design of the muddler. Then, because we've drawn that muddler as an illustration in the instructions, uh, we have to go and change it in the instructions. But we have like 10,000 of the packaging instead of 2,000, right? So what so, did you do when that happened? Because so, you did change uh, the design, right? I think we actually, the transition lined up fine. Uh, for, we've, made, we've changed the muddler twice, actually. The first change, the ch- I think it lined up fine or pretty close. And the second change, we just haven't changed it i think or maybe that's opposite it didn't line up for the first one line up for the second one and it's not a big deal it's just a little detail but it's stuff like that where printing can become if you're if you're putting a lot of detail that might change into the printing it can become a pain because you end up printing like way more than you need because it's just like really cheap to do so that's like another huge like tightrope you kind of got to walk um and so that's one advantage of say having the instructions be a video or a website that you can change immediately, right? And update instead of baking it into this print run that you've, you know, that you have a lot of uh, kind of inventory of. But as you say, you can still keep the character. You can still put a nice little card in the box. Like there was the, um, was like the, the remote stand, the packaging itself was just a little plastic bag, but it had a nice little card in there, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we're thinking about uh, modifying that a little bit to where it's easier for us to assemble and it's a little bit nicer because we didn't we didn't really like just the clear plastic bag. It was kind of a punt uh, because we didn't we didn't think we were going to even sell that many, and so we didn't think it was even we could even really do like a pack like a real packaging run or anything. So we're like, okay, what can we do off the shelf really quick? And we and we, and really we were really pressed for time. So, but now. Um, we know we kind of got a little more life in this product so we can plan a little bit further out and kind of put some more effort into it and do a little bit nicer uh, version. So, but yeah, uh, you know, that um, kind of reducing the amount of stuff or having stickers that we can change kind of at, on a whim is really, really nice. I feel like my attitude towards packaging has shifted a little bit um, where I may be just like less precious about it and uh acknowledging that maybe it's actually kind of like the copywriting and the presentation that matter more than like the material choice or how kind of quote unquote fancy something is and so i'm kind of more willing to uh i guess i'm just like more flexible in doing things more inexpensively if they can still be, uh, if we can still, you know, delight with, you know, the graphics or, or the copywriting or whatever. Um, Why do you think you're feeling that way? I don't know. It's just like I, I uh, something about like the efficiency really appeals to me. Like the whole uh, shipping it in the container that is the outer packaging itself is just really nice. It's also environmentally nice. Exactly. Yeah. There's like lots of, of wins. Um, and so maybe it doesn't like have the like pageantry of, you know, this unboxing experience necessarily, but it just feels really nice to have something that's just so not fussy, I guess. Yeah. I think for us, the biggest win is, when we can do something that's really simple and efficient, 
but also is either a little clever or unexpected or just nice, right? To, to, I think to me, that's the highest art when, you know, it, it you can tell that maybe the customer can't tell us, but at least from us, from a design and engineering point of view, if we know that all of this stuff was say off the shelf or really low minimum order quantity stuff, but it results in something that's surprising and nice and delightful. To me, that's the highest. Fo- that's like the biggest goal for us because it's like a win all the way around. And so, I think, uh, I think I. I mean, I agree with Dan. Like these new packaging that we're working on, there's not any gimmicks to it at all. It's very simple, but I still think in each case, um, there's still something a little bit to kind of notice, right, as the customer and, and, and just be like, oh, that's cool or that's neat. Um, but it's a very kind of simple, subtle thing. Dan, what do you hate about the iPhone packaging? Yeah. Uh, I think it's really, really bad. Um, so, okay. So I'll ask you, how do you, how do you open the packaging? So you're talking about the the iPhone box? Yeah. Uh, so I'm trying to remember what it is. Let me just like make sure I know what it is. All right. So from my, I'm going to jump in now. Okay. You have to like hold the top and shake it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, or you basically let the bottom drop out of it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it's like, hey, this like $800 phone, which is just sitting on top, like it's not strapped in. It's just like, let the bottom well, drop out. There was that video, right? Was it the first person in Australia yeah. or something? Like they opened yeah. it and it just fell on the ground. Yeah, and they're so <laughs> precious. Like you can hear people talking about, like, oh, the the tolerances are so good to like have it slide out in this uh, kind of presentational way. But it is it is such the wrong approach for that type of device. Like it, it's there's nothing easy about getting it out. You have to just literally let the bottom drop out. And what's <laughs> yeah. what sucks about it is once you take all the stuff out of the box. And you close the box again, it's like impossible to open because there's no weight in it anymore to let it drop out. So once you have an empty closed box, it's like impossible to open again. You have to like like dig your fingernail. Yeah. So it's like, it it doesn't make any sense to me. Like it's basically, to me, it's a good example of Apple kind of just being too precious and not being thoughtful about the actual experience of using it. And instead of being just too over the top with kind of like the pageantry and the presentation, I guess. So I think it's, it's a, it's a real misstep and it's kind of surprising that it's, you know, by far their most important product. Well, because people, so like, I find it, that is frustrating, but I don't think of it that way. Like I do look at it and be like, wow, how did they make this happen? Like, I think you look at it differently because you see it from the maker's perspective, right? Yeah. But yeah, you're completely right. That that experience is is not amazing. I uh, the, the the ones that always frustrate me are like their cases and stuff. When they put them in those boxes with the plastic on the front and you have to kind of like rip off a tab on the back and then peel the plastic off. Like I mm-hmm. I just think that that's like I don't really get that one. It's I don't like that one. 
Yeah. So I am literally just opening an Apple Watch box like right now <laughs> on air. And um, it totally has the problem of this takes like literally six seconds to open from like friction. Uh, and so I agree that that is dumb. Like just make the lid not like a quarter inch or like six millimeters shorter than the box. Like just do that. Yeah. And then, but after that happens, uh, there is a lot of affordance going on, right? So, you know, the first thing you see is the plastic case that the Apple watch comes in and there's two little tabs that kind of pop up at 45 degree angles that you can then lift it out of the box. And then there's this little labeled green little pull tab to kind of open up that sealed thing. So, I think beyond that initial, like, the box is, like, too slow and kind of crappy to open, the rest of the experience, Apple is the king of those little affordances. Like, mm-hmm. well, Can you explain an affordance? Like, what do you mean, in a, what's an affordance? Uh, like, a aspect of a design or a decision that is made to help the user along a path, right? To right. guide them down... Um, the path so you know the fact that those little tabs like flip up and greet you you know you're just supposed to use those to pull open the box and then as soon as you do facing you is this green little dot that has an arrow that's like here pull this to open it so yeah it's just kind of uh subtle instructions that kind of nudge you towards the kind of best way to do something or the designed way to do something do you think that the boxes themselves like the way that they open is kind of just like I can't think of the right term, but like an ar- the arrogance of a designer, like we can manufacture this in such a way that it is perfect. So we do. I I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, yeah, I, I don't think arrogance is uh, the wrong word to use. Um, yeah, it's just it. I think that is actually a great word to describe it, and just like. Uh, Nobody else can make a box that way. No, just no yeah, one can. Yeah. No one can afford that, right? Yeah. Because, yeah. like, you know, they say about the affordances, and you kind of roll your eyes at it now because you think it's something that shouldn't be, like, applauded. But is that it, right? Like, is it the affordances that make it the way it is that nobody else could do it that way? No. All the things that Tom was describing, I, th- I think, are good. It's really just the initial box. Yeah, experience. but that's what I mean. Like that, the way that that's made, the way that that box is so like completely closed in and of itself. Like, is that a manufacturing nightmare to try and produce? If you wanted, like, could you make a box that that was like that? Well, I'm sure we could find them. They just be very. They're just very expensive. Yeah, it's because it's it's really just about the tolerances of the top and bottom part are are calibrated to the weight of you know the phone and stuff so that you know it slides at you know in six seconds or whatever target they're they're going for it's just yeah it's kind of precisely manufactured right and they're all the same right i assume yeah my guess is they want to communicate precision uh with that box where you know the designers are like look we've made these products that are extraordinary like what are some of the most are definitely the most precise consumer devices ever made and they have a they put a lot of work into that and they want people to kind of feel that so i i could see how they would want a box to evoke that and then i think the other thing just plainly is that the reason why they don't leave a little bottom of the box like if the lid was shorter this problem wouldn't exist right you could just grab the bottom but i think they just want it to be a symmetrical 
rectangle, right? And that's mm-hmm. like why they do it that way, is my guess. Yeah. I mean, I suppose another solution is like, you know, cutting out little, uh, you know, like the half half circle. Uh, but again, it wouldn't be like a clean, perfect rectangle, right? I think I'm pretty yeah. sure that's what it's about because, you know, that's like what... Like, if of anything that Apple has that I think is a little bit of a bad, silly kind of, like, design uh, tick is, like, relying on symmetry, like, in an absurd way. And, like, everything's mm-hmm. got to be super symmetrical and, like, super clean, like, platonic ge- ge- geometry. It's just like, come on, guys. It's not really. Like putting the home button and the volume up button on the iPhone in the same physical location. Yeah. Yeah, it's like it's like designing in CAD. It's like totally these objects were designed in CAD on the computer and like by a designer who's like, let me just do this perfectly and that's the way it should be. And, and I think they just go too far sometimes with that stuff. But in general, I think the thoughtfulness that they put into it trumps, like makes it makes up for the rest of those. Mistakes. Yeah, like, there are problems and there are frustrating parts of it. But end of the day, they're the king. Right. Nobody makes packaging like Apple. Everyone tries, but nobody can do it. Yeah. I think there's some, I'm sure there are some um, smaller kind of, smaller companies that do it really well. Like, I think I would guess that like Jambox or someone, uh, I can't remember exactly, but I would imagine that they would like do it really well. Like, there's still some companies that... Yeah, uh, Yeah, but there, I think there are a bunch of companies that continue to do a good job, but like, they do, like, so for example, the, the Apple Watch Sport, I got one of those and it comes in like a plastic box. Yeah. And I love that. Right. But that's not something that, that other people are doing, you know, like now maybe we'll get watches like smart watches in plastic boxes. And I know that that idea came from like swatch, I think made, made plastic boxes like that. But Apple's one is just like beautifully white and, you know, Mm -hmm. it is in my hand right now. And uh, like, for instance, so I just opened up this like Apple sport box and uh, the watch is sitting in there, right? And there's a little, and this seems like it's a new touch. There's a little plastic tab that's going through the little pill-shaped cutout in the sport band yeah. to help you lift it out. Yeah. And it's just like, mm. you know, you didn't have to do that. And it just makes it so much nicer, right? Like, that's the kind of stuff where, you know, I think if Dan had our druthers and we had, like, lots of money and time, we would want to do stuff like that, but it, it, it takes up like so much time and money and, and stuff. So mm-hmm. we can't usually, but 